Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how are you doing on this fine day? I'm good, mate. Still reeling from uh, the, the barbicide chat we had on last uh, last Thursday's show. No, Wednesday's show. We're out on Wednesday. Aren't we? Even I can't get it right, for crying out loud. I'm usually the one who knows what days the shows are coming out. Too much I've barbicide. Got no excuse. Too much. Too much barbicide. It, it cleans the mouth. It looks a bit like mouthwash, but oh, it messes with the brain, I tell you what. <laughs> For those of you that missed the previous podcast, at the end, Pete revealed the word barbicide, some sort of disinfectant that barbers use. I don't even remember how he got there. Um, and no. I decided it's my new favourite word, barbicide. I thought it meant like <laughs> homicide, but by barber, barbicide. Killed by Maybe Natsuki. it does. I don't know. I mean, th- th- he's got the tools. He's got a lot of sharp implements. When Natsuki finally flips, <laughs> we're in big trouble. Oh, God. Speaking of tools, uh, just before coming on this podcast, I was reminded of something uh, I saw on Twitter the other day. We often, we, we obviously, this podcast is heavily linked to the technology of fax machines. And somebody raised the point on Twitter that uh, maybe the samurai could have had fax machines because the first fax machine was invented in in 1843 by Alexander Bain, uh, the first electric printing telegraph. And the samurai existed in some way, shape or form up until 1867. So there was a about a 20 year gap where the samurai could have interacted with a, with a fax machine. What are your thoughts on this, Pete? Now, have you come up with this? Because this sounds like no, a pretty random thing to me. It's amazing. <laughs> Samurais with fax machines. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, the Edo period, uh, Edo period, uh, 1867, so if you're 43. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that kind of works, I suppose. Do but, the uh, I mean, the one that, the 1843, um, the picture that you've put in the running order for a fax machine, that is not the first fax machine. Well, There's a telly not. in it. There's a telly built in it, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but electric printing telegraph, that is technically a fax machine by definition, surely. 
Yes, yeah, yeah, no, exactly, there yeah. I mean, be, the, the, obviously, I think I spoke about this um, earlier in the week. Uh, the, the, the world, the footballing world was a was a buzz with the chat that uh, Leo Messi, Lionel Messi, the world's uh, greatest mm. footballer probably, um, he uh, said he was going to be leaving Barcelona by burro fax. Uh, so people were like going, oh my God, I can't believe there's faxes happening. I can't believe footballers, I mean, football still use faxes. I mean, football famously um, still uses fax machines. Uh, but burro fax is a slightly different thing where um, you... Uh, send document via PDF to a company. I think it's the Spanish Postal Service. And then they print out and legally um, fortify or just basically make it clear that it's been sent by a certain date uh, and then mail uh, or hand deliver um, you know, um, copies of uh, hard copies of that uh, data to whoever needs them. Uh, so it's a slightly different thing to it to a fax, but I think that's why everyone's talking about fax machines. And then, and people are quite surprised that the Japanese still very much use uh, faxes. I must admit, though, I've still never used one myself. In I've seen them right. being used when I worked at the school. That I, when I was a teacher for three years, there was mm. one a few desks away, and I witnessed it being used, and I was in awe of this ancient technology because i think it got phased out in the uk in like the 90s or something but well you've actually a, a lot used of, a fax um, machine. have you used one yourself yeah I, I've, I've used it i mean in the last 10 years i've probably used it twice and it, and it was all down to you'd be in a situation where you would use one of those big bloody photocopiers or, or printers you know the ones that like absolutely gigantic yeah, like yeah. the size of a washing machine um and it's connected to everybody's um computers so you can scan and you can um you know convert to pdf and and, and copy and print and all that mm. stuff um that has a fax uh that's a fax option as well it's it, it it's 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 still you still see them every now and again all i remember from fax machines certainly when i used to work at xfm was the last time i saw uh, a normal kind of tiny little fax machine uh was every morning um printer toner companies would send like so many adverts for their printer toners, so many adverts for their office supplies through the fax. Um, and you'd just be like picking up pieces of paper. Such a waste of everyone's time, honestly. I just hope. I mean, the next phase now is to try and find a photo of a samurai interacting with an electric printing <laughs> telegraph to get confirmation that a samurai used that it happened, fax yeah. machine. That's the next level, isn't it? We've got to find, yeah. uh, we've got to get that photo. If you're listening in, guys, one of you, someone out there, please go on Google and spend a considerable amount of time researching this and get us this photo. Get us the photo of a samurai with a fax machine. And while we're on the subject Ghost of, of Tsushima DLC. Ghost of Tsushima DLC. Fax yeah. machine edition. Uh, and while we're on the subject of fax machines, that is also the topic of today's podcast. Because as you oh, know, every now and then, machine. once a month, we do. We do turn our attention to the fax machine because we have so many interesting messages questions stories sent in by you guys that build up over time and now it's time to unleash what we have within and this week we thought mm. we'd focus primarily on stories from travelers around japan things that have happened uh wacky and crazy stories uh, and what have we got first mr donaldson in the fax machine We've got one from Steve, and there is a PS uh, PS attached. I've not read the rest of the email, um, but the PS starts. I assure you, I look nothing like Richard Gere, <laughs> so it's going to be a good email. Strap yourselves in. Um, hi, Chris and Pete, avid watcher of the Roger on uh, YouTube channel and diligent listener of the podcast since at least the beginning of this whole pandemic thing. As with many listeners, I had 2020 plans to visit uh, that sort of went down the drain back in March or April, but I'm hoping to return whenever things get a little bit more under control. In the meantime, these shows will help to fill that void. Anyway, 
listening to the recent episodes on the hospitality of Japan, Japanese people to foreigners, I wanted to chime in with a, a, a somewhat related story from my chip, trip to Japan back in April 2017, which I think is a mix of friendliness and some strange Japanese people mixed together. It was my first visit to the country, and I tried hitting up all of the key tourist spots from Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka, and Hiroshima um, on the way down, all the way down to um, Fukuoka as well via JR Pass on a drizzly morning in Chikashino, uh, Chikashino rather, um, the suburb where my wife's family's from. Uh, my then fiance and I got invited to hang out with a nearby temple to eat and drink with a bunch of locals by her eclectic distant aunt. We've all got an eclectic distant aunt, haven't we? Um, everybody at the Shine was in their uh, 60s and 70s and being the lone 30-year-old white guy anyone had probably seen since the 1990s, they preferred calling me Richard Gear rather than remembering uh, my actual name, which is Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> And he, t- what I like about that is Richard Gear is in his sixties now himself. Anytime they called out for Richard Gear, they'd be filling my glass with beer. Um, maybe it was like Cockney rhyming slang for beer, Richard Gear. Um, and my plate with food. And honestly, it's not the worst white person to be stereotyped as. So I just played along as not to complicate things. Going on the trip, I had no idea I'd be spending it all t- a time uh, day drinking with a bunch of uh, retirees in a small town, as well as uh, being <laughs> deemed as the star of such films. As Pretty Woman, Hatchy, and uh, Shall We Dance. Now for the weird part. After we'd gotten our share of uh, food and drink, the strange aunt pulled us over to the shrine to pray for our recent engagement and upcoming marriage, where at the conclusion of the 100 yen uh, coin tosses, bows, and claps, the drizzle, rain, and ceased, uh, uh, ceased, and the clouds parted for the sun, causing the aunt to start exclaiming how it was a fortuitous sign and how she knew I was a good person and nearly started crying. Maybe it's true. I don't know. I mean, we're married now. Either way, it was definitely an experience. Probably something I'll never forget. I can't wait to go back and make more memories like this. And honestly, being cooped up for the past six months working from home has made me seriously considering uh, uh, transferring to the Japan branch of my company, even if my Japanese is still horrible. Anyway, thanks for the hours of uh, entertainment each week. And please keep it up, Steve. Um, P.S. I assure you, I look nothing like Richard Gere, not even a younger Richard Gere. Have you had Japanese people give you a celebrity name? Or are you too, too uh, famous already? Wow. And uh, did you have any experience getting pulled into any sort of pseudo-spiritual activities? Uh, I'll give you my quick ones. It was, um, the, it was the naughty boy from, uh, naughty little boy from Harry Potter. Uh, slick back hair, bit Draco. blonde. Him. Draco Malfoy. Uh, that's like all him. I had, really. I do when I got my hair slicked back. They just, they just focus bit. on one thing. That's true. <laughs> I, mm. I, I I got called uh, Daniel Radcliffe, so we could be part of a we could Harry be enemies. Yeah, yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I've, I've been called three names: Daniel Radcliffe, Tom Cruise, and Tim Roth uh, of Pulp Fiction fame and every other Tarantino <laughs> film. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, aller- oh. I'm allergic to you saying Tim Roth. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's a weird bunch of celebrity names. I, that's just such a bizarre story. I wonder how they. Just got to Richard Gear. They looked at Steve and thought, "Oh, he's white. Let's just call him Richard Gear." <laughs> I'm perplexed by the fact the aunt started crying at the at, at rain as well. It's all rather. Oh, I mean, unnerving. It looks amazing though. If you're at a temple and, and and you do some prayers and then suddenly the rain stops and the sun comes out, come on, that's exciting. Actually, you just reminded me. My first week in Japan, I uh, I went to a shrine to commemorate. Uh, the Hiroshima, the atomic bombings of Hiroshima with one of my teachers who was a very nice guy, very spiritual. And we went to a shrine and we went, I think it was like eight o'clock in the morning when the atomic bomb went off. It was very early, sometime between seven and eight, I think. And uh, we prayed and there was a Buddhist guy and we prayed and did some hit some bells and whatnot. And then just as the ceremony ended, it just started to pour rain. 
And that was quite, that felt quite significant. That was the first time I've kind of had that feeling. Um, after praying for the atomic bomb, it just started to rain, and like I think it did in Hiroshima on the day. So that was quite unnerving. So that's the closest I've had to that experience, Steve. Uh, but fortunately, I've never been referred to as Richard Gere, although Daniel Radcliffe is that. I suppose Daniel Radcliffe is better. Not so sure about Tim Roth. I'll run with Tom Cruise, though. I like that one. Not yeah, so sure about Elon Musk fine. either. Get that one too much yeah. as well. <laughs> your um, your your uh, your word of the, your use of the word comm- commemorate. Uh, uh, again, I'm picking you up on stuff. <laughs> commemorate is that the right is that the right word to use, Chris? Well, commemorate the terrible remember. events of that day. Yeah. To remember. To commemorate I thought commemorate is more surely. like to to sell it. Yeah, it is to, to remember, the, but also show lives. respect for. Yeah, yeah, show okay. respect Commemorate for the, the loss of life. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Certainly uh, wasn't a celebration. You can have it. Say that much. You can have it. <laughs> You've got one f- from Johnny who says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I just watched your video on how Google Translate can go horribly wrong for Japanese, and I thought I would share video. my own bad experience. I used to get a Japanese snack box delivered every month with lots of delicious goodies inside, and one month it came with a drink called Milky. I cracked okay. open the can. And it tasted as delicious and as milky as the name implied. After quickly polishing it off, I noticed some sort of slogan in Japanese next to the logo. So I got Google Translate out and used the camera function to see what it said. To my horror, the slogan translated as the milky taste of mother. What? <laughs> it must be a bad translation, I thought. But ever since then, the horrifying feeling has never left me. Did I neck a can of breast milk? I know that Japanese cuisine has delicacies that seem odd to us Westerners, but surely this is a step too far. So please, Chris, translate the slogan for me and put my mind at ease as to whether or not I drank a stranger's uh, milk. Yours nervously, Johnny. P.S. Here's a photo of the drink. I can't remember which section of the text gave me the bad translation. I was too distracted to take notes. And I'm looking at the can, and it's got this Japanese girl, cartoon girl, with her tongue sticking out. Uh, cheekily out the side of her mouth and uh, it says above it milky wa mama no aji which literally does translate as the milk is the flavor of the of mum f- mother of milk yeah it literally is what he said <laughs> yeah worryingly wow i mean the geez. flavor of mother it would, I mean, it would be a bit of a swerve, wouldn't it, for, for one of those um, kawaii little uh, Japanese snack boxes to, to, to suddenly go off. Right, uh, so um, uh, January, uh, we're going for the taste of um, uh, the Hokkaido uh, plum. Uh, February will be the uh, matcha of uh, Kyoto, uh, and March will be tits. <laughs> just, just be so fucking weird. I mean, it's an inappropriate thing to stick on the can, though, isn't it? I think it's kind of, no. you know, it's a reference to. Oh, Milky's, nice the, Milky's like a candy company, home. isn't it? Like, it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Milky yeah. candy, mm. like milk flavored candy. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't think it's breast milk, so don't worry about that, no. Johnny. But you're right; it does say the the, the flavor of uh, mother. Of so technically, in that sense, Google Translate did it right. Google Translate was actually. I'd, l- I'd love to see like a sort of uh, Don Draper in Mad Men sort of going <laughs> talking about you know we're not selling <laughs> we're not selling boob juice we're selling the idea of boob juice and being a child and looking up to your mother and going <laughs> just history sort going sorry Don are, are you seriously considering me selling boob juice because I don't think anyone's going to go for this. Capture the <laughs> the, um, the the um, the uh, well, obviously, um, weightlifters drink a lot of that 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 care, but don't they? Are there any sort of marginal gains they can possibly well, get? Milky. Um, 
Yeah, now they'll drink the um, breast milk. Uh, they'll drink breast milk because oh, it's um, full of nutrients. Yeah, it's a really fact good. Fact I didn't want to learn today. Mm, enjoy, enjoy your dinner, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Got one from Helen. I'll let you have that one. Mm. I take a swig of my coffee. Yeah, boob juice. Helen says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. I was staying. I mean, you're drinking. I mean, it's a very milky coffee, presumably, if it's from one of those cans. So you know, it's a bit weird drinking cow." Cow udder juice. Get on with the story. Uh, Let me drink my coffee. Hi, Chris and Pete. I was staying with my friend who was on the jet program. I've gone to uh, Oatmeal, thank you. Uh, I was staying with my friend. Very wasteful. Water wise. Um, anyway, I was staying with my friend who was on the jet program in Osaka back in 2005. I decided to stay from uh, June to September which my friend had kindly neglected to tell me are the worst possible months to be in Japan. So my enduring memory is being hot and sweaty and wondering when the rain would stop. I was with an American jet in a train station waiting for some others to arrive to go into Osaka to celebrate the 4th of July. As we were waiting, a tiny old man came up to us and started talking in perfect English. He asked us where we were from and we said we were American and uh, American and British respectively. Once he learned I was British, he ignored my American friend completely and told me excitedly that he'd love uh, loved Britain and he was so glad to see me. He then went on to say that he'd been a spy for Britain during World War II and he's proud God. to have helped the Allies win the war. Wow. Then, without another word, he walked away. I often thought about him during the rest of my time in Japan. I'm thinking back, I wish I'd been confident enough to ask him more questions and find out more uh, about what was being a fascinating life. Keep with the good work. I love listening to the podcast and watching the videos. I had a trip to Tokyo planned uh, for October, which has sadly been cancelled, but I hope to be in Japan uh, soon or back in Japan soon. I think uh, that's going to be a lot of people's plans, I think, as soon as the flights start uh, going back. Helen, thank you for your email, mate. I I mean, I'm a little bit sceptical, but the numbers do work. 2005... If, I mean, that's a 60-year gap between 1945, isn't it, and 2005. So mm. could have been a spy. He'd have to be in his 80s, wouldn't he? Would have been, yeah. But it's just the idea of going up to someone being like, I was a spy. All right, bye. And like, <laughs> yeah. what interaction yeah, is you that? You haven't got better at it, have you? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that would be really interesting, though. I'd love to hear his story, even though, well, oh, I don't yeah. know if he'd be around now. But like, how did, a, how did the UK, how did the British kind of get a Japanese spy. You think that would be really difficult given the loyalty of mm. Japanese soldiers and whatnot. I wonder how that went down. That could be a film unto its own could be a film unto itself. Japanese mm. spy. Yeah. Was it the Dulwich boys or something? Um there's a story about the Dulwich boys who were like um a set of uh, young men who were uh, conscripted in the army in the Second mm. World War and they their job was just to learn Japanese. Um, um, and, and, and it was a, a it was, it was a defector. Oh, it wasn't even a defector. I think it was a Japanese restaurant owner who lived in London. Uh, his wife would teach them, um, how to speak Japanese and how to decode, uh, what the Japanese were saying and stuff. Um, oh, wow. but obviously like the, the, there's one thing kind of, um, there's one thing decoding messages and there's another thing figuring out what the flip everyone's talking about. So, uh, yeah, fascinating. I think, I think it was the translate boys, or Milky or Milky Woolwich boys, maybe. There's no Milky to no, translate exactly. back then. Well, there might have been. Imagine <laughs> that. Mean. This is what the enemy is drinking on the battlefield. It would have been rationed. <laughs> rationed mama's milk. Good God. Well, what a cool story. Why haven't I met a Japanese mm. spy? I've lived it eight years. I'd love to meet a spy. Um, Two words for you. Nat Ski. <laughs> Nat Ski. The ninja. <laughs> Barber by day, ninja by night. Yeah. Nat Ski assay. Spy 24-7. Can of mama's milk in his pocket. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. In 2020, self-care can seem like yet another overwhelming job for women. Every week, we test out a new kind of self-care so you don't have to. Firstly, can we just clarify how we pronounce it? Kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. Kombucha. Kombucha. Self-care club. Wellness road tested. So that was the first yeah. day. You know, it was just the not slipping into the complete default mode of what I normally do, which is have a go at my husband for what he hasn't done. And, you know, all of that stuff, I kind yeah. of stopped. OK, so it was more the absence of meanness rather than the projection <laughs> of kindness at this initial point. Yes. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your pods. This week we are testing out menstrual cups. How are you feeling? Dreading it. I know that you love to give a practice that's all about down below. I'm not interested. I've never even really thought about it since before I met you. You've that- never thought about your vagina until you met me. It doesn't get a lot of air <laughs> It doesn't get a lot of air time. No, it doesn't. The Self Care Club is a Stakhanov production. Um, we got one from Kim. Uh, someone, Kim worked at an American theme bar in Osaka, and this is their story. A revolving a Japanese YouTuber who had a rather chaotic evening. Says, hey, Chris and Pete, love the podcast, and I wanted to send you a bizarre story of my own in the hope that if you read it, you might have uh, some insights or opinions on the complete madness of the situation I once found myself in. Um, I'm not sure if it counts, since I was living in Japan and not travelling at the time, so this probably isn't something a tourist would experience, but it's amusing and possibly disturbing nonetheless. I used to work in an American-themed restaurant in Osaka. It was a small place, and occasionally we would get hired out for private parties like birthdays and office dinners, but usually by friends of the owner. The majority of our staff are foreigners with varying levels of Japanese, which I guess is important for context. We were a little bit surprised one day when a YouTuber with no connection to the bar rented it out for a small live performance for his fans and followers. But we rolled with it. 
the booking was a little unusual because rather than just ordering a fixed set dinner or giving drinks tokens with an entrance fee, the host brought whole bottles of alcohol, champagne and tequila from us uh, to sell on. Some people sell merch. This guy was letting his fans buy him a tequila shot. God, that's a bold move, isn't it? Confusingly, the organiser asked us to substitute any tequila shots intended for the YouTuber with oolong tea, since it looked like tequila, uh, because he didn't want to drink too much. At first, I thought this was kind of shady, but I quickly realised why. I would absolutely no idea who this YouTuber was, uh, or who this YouTuber was, by the way, and I still don't. All I know is he's a singer, and at the start, he first did his show and sang a few songs. There was, a, there was such an odd collection of people in the room, a group of young, quiet-looking university girls who hovered around in front of him all night, a family with, with young kids, a 40-year-old woman who was kind of a buddy-core style. It's a girl who tries to pretend like a child or kind of acts really cute. Um, and there was a bunch of rather macho-looking skinheads. Bloody hell. What kind of music is this to attract such an audience? Uh, once the show was over, the socialising began. First, everyone got a glass of champagne. They gave a toast and the YouTuber went around to greet his fans. Then everybody got a tequila shot and said cheers. Then the fans started buying shots. So many shots. It was absolutely horrific. First, only a few individuals asked for a small tray of shots to down with the YouTuber. It seemed fun and quite jovial, but the crowd increasingly became bold and started to order trays full of multiple shots for the YouTuber to drink as a dare. We tried to pour oolong tea and as many of the shot glasses as we could but we couldn't send out a mixed tray in case someone found out some of them were tea good god in the final one a man ordered 10 shots for the youtuber to go down in a row the fans stood at the bar staring at us telling us to hurry up so only two or three of the shots could be filled with tea all of us working <laughs> at the bar were staring on in horror at what unfolded i can only guess that in true japanese drinking style there were only trying to uh, not only spoil the YouTuber lavishly, but also get him to drop his tatemai, uh, his kind of public face, and be real with the audience and give them his real opinions. But to us, it just looked like they were trying to kill him. The shy, quiet university girls were completely legless and hanging off of him. He was being bought shot after shot, looking increasingly uncomfortable, but had to be polite to everyone. He went to stand by the door, which was a little bit hidden, um, to check on some things and got a breather. Uh, but then the lady in her 40s came up to him, also drunk, cornered him against the wall, put one, un one hand up his shirt and tried to stuff money into his hand with the other. He politely declined her with a small uh, smile on his face, saying he was too drunk. The lady promptly burst into floods of tears at his rejection and cried for the remainder of the night. Thankfully, the show had come to an end and everybody was thrown out at 10 o'clock. We counted that in total his fans had bought him 28 shots of tequila and I think only 15 of them were actually tequila. Um, <laughs> he could barely stand and as soon as all the guests left, I brought him a glass of water and asked him if he was okay. We let him sit as we cleaned up and he phoned his girlfriend. I just found this whole experience to be fascinating and creepy. I mean, I guess the YouTuber profited off of it, but at the same time his fans seemed kind of toxic. The fans were desperate to get him to stand his guard down like a weird kind of ownership, but the YouTuber manager, uh, the YouTuber managed to defend himself, armed with Japanese manners, and he was pleasant to them all, but reject them uh, without actually saying no. I find it ironic that the only people who ended up seeing his real kind of personality were us, the staff, and we didn't have a damn clue who this guy was. Cheers, Kim. <laughs> Bloody hell, that tells you a lot the, about... The price of fame. <laughs> the price of fame, celebrity culture, um, drinking culture as well, right? 
Like I've been out to <laughs> things like this and I've been forced to drink unfathomable sums of alcohol and I had no protector there to pour uh, oolong tea in instead of uh, tequila. No. What do you make of there's it? A, there's a, there's a, when we did uh, live shows for the Football Ramble, we, um, I, I was, we were in Chicago and there's a drink called something. It's some kind of weird almost medicinal drink that um is 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 native to chicago it's a famous chicagoian drink right. and uh that kept on getting put in my hands and uh i, I mean i drank it let's make that very clear i was i was i was happy i was happy to drink it but um but yeah i, I can you imagine being uh, someone who's just a, a solo performer so to speak who is just dominated by a room full of people who just wants to uh you know get the real person uh and i'm not comparing my level of smart level of film to whatever he had but uh, it just sounds, this whole story sounds this this sounds very much chris like the uh the, the chris broad story it sounds very much like it could have been you because this is your life mate this is your people stopping you in the street Do you want a drink let's go for a drink no, i don't want to go for a drink i'm busy <laughs> i have had things like this happen um luckily I, yeah i've had things like this happen to be fair um, you've got to be very careful when you are kind of like a public figure and people know who you are because people are very kind and nice. And they will buy you loads of drinks and be really awesome. Um, but yeah, I've had some rather bizarre situations like this. Like I remember I was stumbling through Sendai once after a party trying to get home and I was already quite drunk from this work party and I bumped into two viewers and they were like, Chris, Chris, you got a drink with us? And I was like, okay, one drink. And they bought me like 10 drinks and I just got really drunk and made a terrible spectacle of myself in hub um the british themes <laughs> like pub and uh all got rather unpleasant but <laughs> that was a few years ago i learned my lesson that night but uh yeah you've got to be careful in a public in a vi- environment where people lots of people know who you are though um like i did a, i remember we did a, an event with natsuki once like a kind of a meetup event in tokyo three or four years ago and after the event you know we were going to go off for dinner natsuki and i and the few organizers who helped organize the event but natsuki being natsuki he was like come on everyone you should come too in this little private gathering this post-event gathering uh with the the, the organizers and natsuki and i turned into like 50 people coming and <laughs> it got really out of control it was fun though it was quite fun um but uh you've got to be careful you've got to be careful when you're like well known who you are, so I'm not surprised that Enjoyable. happened. But yeah, Japanese fans they yeah. will ply you with staggering amounts of alcohol. Um, especially, it's especially dangerous if you're a foreigner because they'll see it as a challenge. They'll they think like mm. foreign folks are. Want to drink you in the table? Well, yeah, they think you're invulnerable, indestructible, mm. and uh, that's <laughs> not the case. Speaking from experience, no, did I do? We got Lovely old job. Um, we got an email from Morgan. Hello, Morgan. Morgan. Um, hi, Chris and Pete. Um, I recently discovered a YouTube channel, podcast, etc., etc. Looking forward to uh, moving to Japan next year. Uh, on your recent podcast episode, you shared a story about a guy being invited to dinner at an izakaya, and it made me so nostalgic and reminded me of my first experience in Tokyo when I travelled to Japan last year. I thought I'd share that story with you. My arrival in the Japan was preceded by a breakup and a long, uncomfortable, sleepless flight from Vietnam. Oh, dearie me, Morgan. Um, this was my sixth country in two months of a three-month solo backpacking trip across uh, Southeast Asia. That'll clear clear the heart and clear the head, won't it? And I was already exhausted, switching from a different language and currency every couple of weeks. And now I face the daunting task of conducting official business in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language. Tired. 
of uh, having only myself to rely on for the past couple of months, I asked the universe to take the reins. I couldn't steer anymore. I wanted someone else to take over things for me uh, so I wouldn't have to think or plan or struggle on my own. Basically, I wanted a guardian angel. Uh, my first night in Tokyo set the stage for my month-long journey in Japan. I mean, that's just to have a month. I'd, I'd bloody love that. It'd be fantastic. Um, as I was silently weeping into my okonomiyaki, not my proudest moment, I must say, but I suppose that uh, post break emotions combined with travel burnout can reduce to even the, mo- the strongest moment of tears at a tiny outdoor restaurant in, in uh, Asakusa. Uh, a man approached me and speaking only in Japanese motion for permission to sit down next to me. Usually open and happy to meet and talk with new people. I was too tired and, too, and in too crappy a mood to chat with anyone, much less uh, expend the energy I was sure it would take to try and communicate through mime and gesture with this man who clearly didn't speak English, but I acquiesced. He smiled and he sat, uh, continuing to speak in a language I clearly wasn't comprehending. Then he surprised me. Slowly, he took my chopsticks from my hand and gently set them down, called over the waiter, paid my bill, stood up and motioned for me to follow him. Most people would not do what I did. In fact, most people would and did call me crazy or naive or reckless for what uh, for doing what I did next. But being the free-spirited hippie that I am, I thought, oh, look, here's that guardian angel I'd ask the universe to send me. And so, of course, I let him lead the way. We came upon a little izakaya, and as he slid the door open, it was clear that this was purely a local spot for all Japanese men, where everyone in the place knew who he was and was wondering, who the heck is this white chick? We sat and ordered uh, a delicious meal, uh, accompanied by some of the best sake I had ever tasted. The owner was so excited to have an American in her bar, and coerced by shots, had me singing ABBA with her into the wee hours of the morning. Sometimes you just have to learn to surrender and say, Jesus, take the wheel. Other times you just got to follow strange men down dark alleys into hole in the wall bars and drink sake and uh, sing uh, karaoke all night. Good God, Morgan, please only do that in Japan. <laughs> this is my first uh, experience in Japan. It made a wonderful first impression and set the tone for the rest of my trip. Uh, some fantastic little pictures as uh, well. Um, of uh yeah the man the man in the uh in the sake bar it's one of those bars that have uh, got a lot of um kind of signatures. famous celebrity vis- visitors signatures on the wall they have this kind of like perfectly square white bleached uh pieces of cards that are pinned to the wall with famous people saying thanks for your hospitality uh fantastic stuff it's a lovely story isn't it the idea that you go into a I said, bar it's a lovely story a scary but lovely <laughs> it could have gone a horrible <laughs> direction but uh yeah. that's nice i like to think that the the, the guy in the photo the guy that whisked her away to this restaurant he looks must be in his 80s i like to think that's the japanese mm. spy or the british spy the Do you japanese reckon? yeah yeah spy. maybe that's with him his, with this Do big linen li- with big linen suit jacket on <laughs> he does look the part um but yeah. no, you never know who you're going to meet at these izakayas you never know what's going to go down and uh i often say to people like it's a great place to meet people somewhere where you've got a bar counter. And if Morgan was at an Okonomiyaki pancake restaurant, you do typically sit at a counter, right? And watch it get prepared in front of you. So it's a great place to meet people. So that's, yeah. People often ask me where to meet people in Japan. If it's not hub, it should be an Okonomiyaki restaurant at the counter. Uh, and you might meet Japanese spy man. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how they communicated though. She said, um, he didn't speak English, right? Yeah. He just, the, he just took the chopsticks out of her hand slowly and put them down. That's when I read when I heard that uh, I was like, "Oh, where's this story going?" Good God! Yeah, it's the universal language of karaoke and booze, really, isn't it? it certainly is. Good old ABBA. Can't go wrong with ABBA at karaoke. Right. <laughs> I've uh, mm. turned to that. I've turned to ABBA many time at karaoke. Um, but yeah, lovely story. Have you met anyone like this at Nizakaya? Have you ever had your Japanese spy man moment. 
been whisked away? No, uh, no. I think um, I, th- I think I've been in a situation where um, all blocks have chatted to me all night, and you know, and, and my mates, and uh, yeah, everyone's really, really friendly. I've never followed anyone into uh, down a dark alley to a weird bar, and I wouldn't recommend anyone doing that. <laughs> Probably <good idea. laughs> outside of Japan. <laughs> I mean, this was in um, Asakusa, which is quite a nice. It's quite a relatively touristy neighbourhood in Tokyo, and people there are quite mm. friendly. I think if it had been Kabuki-cho, yeah. uh, then it might have been a bit more uh, a bit more risky. But uh, well done, Morgan. I'm glad you had a good time. Yeah. And that made up for a, a thoroughly unpleasant journey to Japan. Uh, we've got one here from Trace. Trace says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I have two things I'd like to say to you guys. Number one, Pete, even though I'm just a bloke from the United States, I can understand everything you say. I really don't know what Chris is getting on about. Wait a minute. I haven't, I haven't said Pete is indecipherable. <laughs> Not for a while. Not, Not for, for a while, while. anyway. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I have said it in the past. I, even I, early on, I did have some difficulty understanding Pete. But now I have acclimatised after a hundred episodes it's, in two years. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and it's it's magical. It's nothing about it's nothing about the um. It, it's never anything about the actual um accent or anything. It's just the fact that I mumble quite a lot. So I've got a, a relatively strong accent as the UK goes, and I'm also a hell of a mumbler. Uh, but I do enunciate when I need to enunciate. <laughs> I mean, and we do well, learn interesting phrases like "Why I man." That was uh, "Why I man." That was a good yeah, phrase. Exactly. Mm. Never know what you can learn from Pete. <laughs> it's like mastering a whole new language. Uh, and Trace also says, and "Point number two: Chris, will there ever be a way to get a Leica Magic T-shirt again? My son and I want one so bad. Keep up the good work. Thanks for the podcasts. Uh, your mate from the states, Trace. What I'll say is, uh, Trace, that." Uh, I for like two or three years we had the uh, the merchandise store the Braun Japan merchandise store and sales just declined to nothing so I shut the store down and then everyone was like where's the t-shirts where's the merchandise again so I've actually relaunched it recently quietly um, on Teespring so if you just type in Teespring of Braun Japan you can find the secret merchandise store that I will get round to promoting one day um, I like to keep these things a secret not really sure why. Given it is a merchandise store, I probably should promote the damn thing. In the same way, I yeah, failed probably. to promote the uh, the Abroad Japan Patreon page for like three or four years. That was a bad move as well. Uh, but yeah, Teespring, Abroad Japan, whack that into Google, and you will find the like and magic shirts you desire. Um, you'll be one of the chosen few to find it, along with the listeners of the podcast. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Abroad Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world. Stay safe, have fun, and uh, we'll see you in the next few days. Bye, Pete. Goodbye. I feel like <laughs> Goodbye. I cut you off, don't I? I just, <laughs> I just whip this out. I end, I end the fun. Say something profound, Pete. Yeah. Say goodbye. Um, I'm your mate from the UK. That's all we need. Put on a t-shirt. Yeah. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hold up. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.